one of our Talmudim, uh, one of our friends here, Zevi Zoldan, married, got married last summer, and he married a girl who is from a Sephardic family. So he asked the Shaila, this year is going to be their first Pesach together, and uh, they're going to her parents for the first days. Now, I don't know if it's the whole answer for says it doesn't make a difference. They're going to be spending time with her parents. Her parents in their home, being Svardim, uh, cook kidneys and serve kidneys and all the kalim are kidneys. So he wants to know what is his wife allowed to do? What is he allowed to do uh, in terms of uh, kidneys? Is he allowed to eat on the kalim? Is his wife allowed to eat on the kalim? Is there any possible hatter that she's allowed to eat her parents' food that, that are kidneys? So we're not going to go through the whole Indian of kidneys again. Maybe we'll just focus, zero in on this shayla. Just to briefly mention that kidneys is a meaning that's been accepted by Ashkenazim, has not been accepted by Sephardim. Moroccans have accepted the idea of not eating rice, but apparently not when it comes to other kidneys. Uh, but uh, for the most part, it divides along Ashkenazi and Sephardi lines. The reasons for the, minha- the minute of kidneys are either because uh, kidneys resembles a grain or it functions in a similar way to a grain or it, uh, um, or, or, or it, it, it's, it's uh, packed in the same bags or gathered in the same bags that grain is gathered in and you have a concern of a mashu chametz or a mutant grain might look like something that is kidneyous. Those are the reasons for the, for the minute of kidneyous. But uh, it is whatever the reasons are, it's an it's an Ashkenazi minag to avoid kidneys. So the question is: normally we assume when a woman gets married, she accepts upon herself her husband's minhagim. So to what extent is that binding? So we once spoke about the idea of a woman accepting upon herself her, uh, her husband's minhagim or being required to accept the husband's minhagim. But I think when it comes to this shaila, it really depends on why you hold that that's binding. Why you hold that a woman accepts her husband's monogamy. It does seem to be pretty universal uh, that uh, everyone agrees that that's the case, but why is that the case? When I asked Rav Asher Weiss, this Shaila for Zevi, I asked him what the halach is, so I was somewhat surprised because Rav Asher said that the Ashkenazi boy should not be eating kidneys by his in-laws. That was not surprising at all. He said, but he can eat from their kalim. That was not terribly surprising either. Many, many poskim hold that way, although some poskim say only Fitzena B'nai Yomo. Uh, others say they shouldn't eat from the kalim, but fine. Not so surprising that he also can eat from the kalim. And then he said something that did surprise me. He said, and she, the, the wife, is allowed to eat whatever she wants in her parents' house. She's allowed to, well, not chametz, you know, not cheeseburgers, but she's allowed to eat kidneys in her, uh, in her parents' house. And he can be mochel, and that's fine, and then she can eat kidneys. So I was somewhat surprised by that. Why was I surprised by that? Because Rav Moshe Feinstein has where he explains why he believes it is that a woman has to accept her husband's minhagim. And uh, we've mentioned this tshuva very briefly in the past, but now let's get into it in a little more detail. So Rav Moshe discusses the problem that they were facing. He wrote the tshuva in Tafshin Tesvav, as European Jews from all over Europe and from all over the Middle East, actually, were coming to the United States, and there were all sorts of different minhagim that were mixing together. There was no such thing as a minakamakum anymore. The Lower East Side had everybody, and now, uh, you know, Long Island and uh, Bergen County and wherever, they, they, all different types of people are mixed together in all these places. So you don't really have such a thing as a minakamakum. So what do you do? What, what minak do you follow when a husband is from one minak 
and the wife is from the other, which in general is a positive thing that the Jewish people are marrying, uh, you know, other Jews who are not exactly of the same background. It's certainly a healthy thing as far as the Ashkenazi genetic diseases are concerned. It's good to diversify the gene pool a little bit. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a gives you a sense of kibbutz Goliath, you know what that's going to look like when Klal Yisrael has to all come together. So there's going to be this sense, and there already is in Eretz Yisrael to even a much, much greater extent, this sense of uh, functioning together as a single society. So what do you do? So says Rav Moshe HaNachol Nani Yazdaiti, The woman has to accept her husband's minhagim, both the Chumra and the Kula. Because, he says, there's the Mishnah Masechus Psachim, it's Paschim Yardais and Reshia Dalit, that if a person is, travels or, or moves from a place that has one set of Minhagim to a place that has another set of Minhagim, and he has no plans of ever returning to his point of origin, he accepts upon himself all of the Minhagim of the place that he moves to, Bein Lukula, Bein Lukumra. And that's based on the Gemara Nechulun, Daf Yilches, where Avashi said that Rabbi Zeira, when uh, ate, when he went to Eretz Yisrael, what would have been considered mugremes de Rav Shmuel, what would have been considered an invalid shechita for Rav Shmuel, because Rabbi Zeira was never planning on going back to Rav Shmuel. So he didn't have to observe the minhag of the place that he came from. Magen Avram in Simantav Samaches holds that even Shitas Rambam is that way, that it's the Shitas Rush and the Shitas Rambam that once you have no plan to come back, you take upon yourself the minute of the place that you went to. The Shach in Yoridea over there in Simrashia Dalit, Sivkat Ches, says that no, it's a machlokas we showed him. That the Rosh would hold, you could take all the Menhagim of the place that you came to, but the Rambam would say, even if you have no plans of returning to where you came from, you still have to keep all the Chumras of the place that you came from. That's Shitas HaRambam. But nevertheless, we paskin like the Rush and the Ran, and therefore, uh, the, and that's how the Chak Yaakov paskins, and therefore, someone who moves from one place to another uh, follows the Minhagim, and, and he has no plans of returning, follows the Minhagim of the place that he moves to. That's wonderful. What does that have to do with a woman getting married? Says Rav Moshe, it has everything to do with a woman getting married. Because what is the definition of Nisuin? What exactly is the halachic function of Nisuin? So when a woman gets married, she's considered to be Nichnesas Lurashos Habal. Says Rav Moshe, that's the very definition of Nisuin, that she goes into Rishos Habal. That's her makom is now Eitzel Habal Midoraisa. Nisun is a concept da'oraisa, so that's what it means on, on a da'oraisa level that she is now in the makom of the Baal. The Gemara in Ksubistaf Memches talks about this idea that she's nimsera lahabal, she's given over to the Baal. Gemara talks about different cases, shluchei ha'av, sending to the shluchei ha'bal, and at what point it's chal exactly, but the point is that she's nimsera to the Baal because a nisua is uh, someone who is living with the husband in the makom of the Baal on a da'oraisa level. And says Ramosh, I'll bring you two raya that that's the case. Gemara Kiddush and Daflam, it tells us that a woman, a married woman, is part from Kibrave Aim. Why? Because Isha ain't sipik biadolasos. She's unable to perform the mitzvah of Kibrave Aim because Roshos Acherim Aleha. She says, wait a second, what does that mean, Roshos Acherim Aleha? That she has a Sheba to do Malachos for her husband? Those are all dinam derabanan, all the malachas that she does for her husband. She's patrum, raisa, because the rabbanan say that she has some sort of shibud midrabanan to do malachas for her husband. Says Rav Moshe, no, that's not at all why, it, why it's considered that ain't sepik via the lasos. Rather, it's because 
Granted, on a Daraisa level, she has no Shibud to do Malach for her husband, but but there is a Din Daraisa that she needs to be with her husband, by her husband's side. That is Iker Nisuin, says Ramosha. That's what it means, Ein Sipek, Biyadalasos. And Yardes, and Reishmem, Sifyad Zayin, when we say Isha, in Biyadalasos, because she's Meshubedes Labayla, it doesn't mean Meshuba to do Malacha, it means that she's Meshuba to live with her husband and be in the Makom of her husband. Also, in Parshas Bikurim, how do we refer to the wife, Lebesecha? That by Beisozum Ishto, the Gemara tells us in a number of places, the Gemara Gittin Dachnem Zayin, because she is the bias of the Baal. She is always in the bias of the Baal. And therefore, says Rav Moshe, Ein Lecha Holachas Mimakom Lemakom there is no greater moving from one place to the other than you have when a woman gets married. And uh, he says, and it's even stronger than a regular move because normally someone moves from one place to the other, so they don't plan on ever returning to their point of origin. But can they? Are they in control of whether they move back? Yeah, they can always choose to, uh, to relocate. People sometimes do that. Someone moves from one community to another, they try it out, they think that they're moving permanently, but they see it. It's not working for them in the new community. So what do they do? They move right back to where they were before. A woman who gets married, it's ain't sipek biyada. She doesn't have the ability to uh, decide out of a marriage, to opt out of a marriage. She's not in control of whether she receives a get or not. And therefore, even if, says Ramosha, even if you wanted a possible like the Rambam, remember we said the Rambam before, the way the Shachan says the Rambam, is that even if a person has no plans of returning to where he came from, he, uh, he still has to keep the chumras of where he came from, says Ramosha, maybe the Rambam would be moda when a woman gets married. That when a woman gets married, she does not have to keep the chumras of her childhood because she, it's, it's a stronger move to a new makom. She doesn't even have the ability to, uh, to, to, to return. And, he says, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Chak Yaakov writes that the reason for the Rambam is because uh, the Iker Din Minag is on, on the person from the place of their point of origin. I mean, that's the, the whole Svara of the Rambam. He says, and even if you say that, though, there's a good reason why a woman who gets married would not be included in that because, he says, um, the, uh, the, the woman from, the, from her birth is already planning on one day getting married meaning she never really was kavua in the original Makam. The whole reason the Ramam holds that a person who moves from one place to another still has to keep the Chumras of the place that he came from is because he was once kavua there, and that's his Chiyuv uh, and Minhagim are, are from right there. Those never go away. But if the, at the very outset you never became kavua because the whole plan was always to find this next step, to be able to get married. So then uh, she never had this kavua. Says Ramosh would be in Afgamina if a woman has a second marriage, that it could be with the Second marriage, she would. That's not. That was not always in the plans, right? When she was married to her first husband, the plan was not to get divorced and then find the second husband. And therefore, it could be that she would not be bound according to the to the way the Chok Yaakov understands the Shita Sarambam. It could be she would not be bound uh, by by the husband's Ben Lukula Ben Lechumra. But Ramosha says anyway. We don't.
paskin like the Rambam. So we so so again, let's chazer over over here. So if a person leaves a makom and plans on never returning. The Rosh and the Ran hold, you keep all the new minhagim of the place you went to, Ben Lukula, Ben Lukhumra. So that there's nothing to talk about, of course, when a woman gets married, Ben Lukula, Ben Lukhumra. And that's how we paskin anyway. Even the Shita Sarambam, so Shita Sarambam, three possibilities. Shita Sarambam, the way it's understood by the Magan of Ram, is the same. That Ben Lukula, Ben Lukhumra. So then again, still nothing to talk about. Shita Sarambam, the way the Shach understands it. No, she still has to keep the chumras of where she came from. But says Ramoshi, even according to that, if she uh, if if she doesn't have the ability to go back, so uh, so the, the, the Rama would never say it. And even if you understand the Rama in the way the Chak Yaakov understood that it's about the kvius that you start life with a with a certain minute the kvius, even that you could argue that that's uh, that that's not true of a woman because as soon as a girl is born, she already her as 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 plans of getting married, meaning. Uh, uh, that, that, that's ultimately that's the game plan. Now, if you're going to follow this idea that it's all based on minag of the makom that you went to and from, says Rav Moshe, you don't need any ataras nedarim, right? A woman used to keep certain minhagim lechumra in her father's house. Now, when she goes to the husband's house, she kept uh, the minag of gabrats or whatever, so she doesn't need any ataras nedarim. She just kept, keeps the husband's minhagim. However, based on a similar analysis, Ravadi Yosef writes in the Tshuva, I think it's in Yabiya Omer or Chaim Hey Similamid Zayim, where he talks about kidneys. Ravadi Yosef writes, What if you have a place that actually has a real Minakamakam, and the husband just stubbornly insists to keep his own Minakam? He says, and Ravadi Yosef holds this way, and all the other, uh, certainly all the Ashkenazi posts can completely disagree with him on this, but he says, There is one place that has, uh, that has a din of Minakamakam. Eretz Yisrael, because Eretz Yisrael is the makom of Maran Beit Yosef, and therefore Maran Beit Yosef's minhagim are the only minhag in Eretz Yisrael, and therefore if a Svarti woman marries an Ashkenazi man, she can continue to keep the Svarti minhagim in Eretz Yisrael, because she, you can't argue she went to the makom of the husband. The husband's in the makom of Maran Beit Yosef, so they all have to keep the minhagim of, of Maran Beit Yosef. So that's Ravad Yoshita. I believe that is a das yachid, even in the uh, the, the Svarti world, um, for those who are not followers of Ravad Yosef, they do not believe, uh, certainly the Moroccans are not big fans of this idea that everything has to follow Maran Beit Yosef. They have minhagim that take back centuries that did not always conform with, uh, with Maran Beit Yosef. So anyway, but that's uh, the sheet of Ravad Yosef. So, so if you're going to say like this, L'chora, um, I mean, you say like Ramosha, a woman cannot go to her, her parents' house and just eat kidneys. She has to follow. She's in the makom of her husband, meaning that's the the the, the makom makom. And nor could a husband be mochel such a thing. What do you mean mochel? It's not. It's not. She's not doing anything for him. She just went to this makom. It's not. It's not up to the husband to be mochel lechora. However, in Halicha Shlomo, in uh, Moadim, Chelek Aleph, on page Tzadi Aleph, uh, Rosh Hashanah Zalman Orbach is uh, quoted as saying that uh, the woman should follow the husband's minhagim. However, Kivan that the whole reason she follows the husband's minhagim, none of this business of holy makom l'makom. It's a shibud to the husband. It's almost like a din of kavod to the husband. She owes it to the husband. So Rashi Abalim Ritzonu Bekach Lim Chalal Shibudo. Then the husband has every right to be mochel on such a shibud, so that she can continue to be nohek kibesavia, like she did in her father's house. Now uh, the the uh, 
Rav Shlomo Zalman writes, if she already began to be knowing Kebesavia with the husband's approval, and then she wants to change back and go to the husband's minhagim, then it could be she's going to require hataras nedarim. But typically speaking, Rav Shlomo Zalman holds none of this even requires hatara. The husband could be mochel and she can continue to be knowing Kebesavia. And in fact, in a different sefer of Rav Shlomo Zalman, that, that quotes Rav Shlomo Zalman Arbach, Shalmei Moed, which is supposed to be a collection of things from Rav Shlomo Zalman Arbach, he writes, after all, Right? Don't you have often that a woman who davens nusach svarit marries a guy who davens nusach ashkenaz, and the husband's perfectly okay. Let her keep her sitter. He doesn't need to buy her a whole new set of machzorim. She already has her machzorim from bas mitzvah or whatever. So let her keep all her set. Let her daven, continue to daven in that way. I've heard of gedolim gedol Yisrael who said, no, she should uh, teach her, train herself to transition. But the Rosh Hashanah says, no, nah, it's Maisim Bechal Yom, that a husband is Mochel, because it's within the husband's rights to be Mochel such things. So this seems to be a Machlokas HaPoskim. That all depends on why it is that she keeps the husband's, uh, the husband's Minhagim. So that's where Rosh Hashanah like Rosh Hashanah that she, in her parents' house, she, she is allowed to eat kidneys, although he clearly would not be allowed to eat kidneys. America, we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.